Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am your host, Charles Hamaker. As always, welcome to the third week of August here. Uh, sort of getting into the mix. We've got Seahawks training camp. Mariners baseball is obviously going on. Seattle Storm in the bubble. The wobble, pardon me. Um, and sadly, no college color sports for a little bit, but, you know, I'm here to provide you with all the information you need to know going into throughout the Seattle sports sort of universe, and uh, let's get to it. First up, in Seattle Seahawks news, training camp was able to view starting Wednesday, last Wednesday, uh, giving us a look into several things, such as Jamal Adams in the Seahawks practice uniform. Um, pardon me, Tyler Lockett also. Uh, Seahawks wide receiver one stated that he had a lot of hesitation when it came to playing uh, in the NFL season this year before he decided not to opt out. This reason for his hesitation was due to the fact that he had a pre-existing heart abnormality, which obviously, you know, your heart's a little important if you know anything about the human body, uh, as well as the fact that uh, many in his family uh, deal with asthma. So, you know, two kind of main reasons to get you a little worried about potentially playing in this season, but he has decided to play this year. In 2015 at the scouting combine, uh, the, there were several medical checks that revealed that Lockett's aorta is on his right side. Uh, and this caused Lockett to question his ability to play football in the future. So, I mean, uh, this was actually something that kept Lockett off teams uh, draft lists. But, you know, Seahawks took the chance on him, and obviously he's panned out well for us. Um, you know, going into a season uh, while you're dealing with a pandemic in the, the world, uh, mainly in the country, more more so than the world right now, uh, obviously this raises some concern. And I feel like if we, we, if we were to have more people opt out, because obviously we've had the offensive lineman Chance Wormack opt out. If we were to have more people opt out on this team, I don't feel like they should be judged or have that held against them because at the end of the day, this is your livelihood that you're fighting for or you're going through, you know, and if you were to have that significantly, significantly impacted, then I would, I would be a little bit worried. Um, so I, yeah, at the end of the day, I feel like if anyone else opts out, there shouldn't be any sort of uh, anger towards them. Moving on to Quentin Dunbar. He started to practice on Sunday after going through uh, COVID-19 testing protocol and is with back back with the team. One of the bigger stories of the last few weeks and training camp in general, undrafted free agent cornerback Kima Sivaran was released after after footage showed him attempting to sneak a woman into the team hotel dressed in Seahawks attire in an effort to disguise her as a Seahawks player. As I said, he was an undrafted free agent cornerback, so this is obviously this camp was an opportunity for him to sort of go out and um, you know show himself, get himself ready uh, at making a roster spot. But he attempted to sneak a woman into the team hotel. She was wearing CX attire in what was an attempt to disguise her as a player. He signed with Seattle in April, and obviously now you know you kind of you messed up. What an idiot! Relating more to Mr. Jamal Adams, uh, current defensive coordinator for the Jets, Greg Williams, stated on Thursday that he said Jamal Adams would 
uh, get bored with the Seahawks defensive scheme with Pete Carroll responding that we don't make as many mistakes as he does. You know, it's interesting that Greg Williams would make such a comment, uh, you know, because obviously he's uh, he's been prone to making mistakes before uh, with the bounty gate uh, situation and, you know, the Jets not really making the playoffs in the last decade while Seattle has made playoffs in seven of the last eight years, which include a Super Bowl win and two Super Bowl appearances. So I don't know if Greg Williams is uh, one to talk right now, but, you know, it just kind of shows that perhaps not all in Jets Nation are exactly happy with the way that that trade situation went down or just losing Jamal Adams in general. Uh, moving forward, whenever I come to this point of the year or the last two or so years, uh, as long as the CX have had Jakeem Griffin, there's there's been a thing where training camp comes along and camp camp cuts kind of show up and people make their predictions for camp cuts from Bleacher Report to ESPN and all that good stuff. And the name that shows up that I see uh, often is Shaquem Griffin. And I think, I think I, I don't really agree with that. My main reasoning is that um, Griffin, when played at the end of the year last year in his uh, more in a position that he's used to more in rushing the passer, he did play well. And while he didn't get much uh, playing time and many, as many snaps needed to sort of give you a, a good look at what he's able to do, I feel like cutting him would be a really bad idea. Um, in this camp this year, he's been listed as a linebacker, but he has been practicing with the defensive line. He's a guy that, to me, brings elite speed off of the edge, uh, can help you rush the passer, sort of put pressure on the guy. And he, like I said, he rushed the passer in college at UCF. So it would be silly to kind of force him into a role, like a coverage role that he's not necessarily, that's not his strong suit or, you know, kind of ignore the fact that he was a pass rusher. Um, obviously with the limited uh, defensive line help that we have right now, um, not to put anything against the guys that we have on the defensive line right now, I don't think it would be a good idea to get rid of somebody who's, shown con contributions in the past, but just needs a little bit more playing time. Pete Goffins, uh, pardon me, Coach Pete Carroll sees him as a strong side linebacker when they are in base defense and passing situations sees them sliding him down to the edge, which, you know, makes sense. But, you know, given the sort of slate that we have at linebacker with guys like Bobby Wagner, obviously KJ Wright, new, new uh, first round draft pick, Jordan Brooks, guys like Cody Barton, Ben Brookhurvin's there. You know, I don't think that you necessarily need to try to force anybody else into that competition. I'm sure it's good to have it's good to have that competition, but I feel like pass rushing is where Shaquem Griffin should be, and to get rid of him, I, I don't think that's a smart idea. Moving forward, uh, with the running back position, prior to Sunday, Chris Carson had been out uh, at home in Atlanta. Uh, to deal with family-related issues. It was not medical-related, not physical, nothing to do with Chris himself. It was just a family issue. Uh, but prior to that, the team was down to a uh, former 1,000-yard rusher with Houston last year, Carlos Hyde, Travis Homer, and draft pick DJ Dallas. Uh, Chris, uh, no, pardon me, Rashad Penny is currently on the physically unable to perform list. Uh, so it'll kind of, until he returns, It'll give Carlos Hyde, 
Travis Homer and DJ Dallas an opportunity to sort of show themselves off uh, and show what the team can provide. Because when all healthy, I feel like this team has three starting caliber running backs uh, in Carson, Penny, and Hyde. But DJ Dallas has been somebody that uh, through the media and through camp that uh, coaches and players have been sort of raving about. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets used as well as Homer, because those two have been guys that people are really high on in this camp. And obviously Homer did a solid job at the end of the year last year uh, after we suffered running back injuries. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes down and who will have to be, you know, practice squad guys or even cut. So that's the running back situation currently. Uh, John Ursua, after receiving a false positive test for the coronavirus, is back with the team and practicing this week. Uh, the team currently has one roster opening standing at 79 players out of the 80 uh, that is provided to the league at this time. And that's about it for Seahawks news. Just It was certainly a busy week. Um, camp is sort of a big, big step in the getting back into the season. And the way that things are right now, it's uh, certainly an interesting time. But, you know, from Greg Williams making the comments that he did to getting Quinn Dunbar back, as well as the – Kama, some Siverin situation. It was a uh, it was a busy busy end of the week there for camp, and I know that they will be continuing to broadcast that. So uh, I know it's on Seahawks.com, and I believe it's on Q13 Fox. So if you're missing out on football right now, obviously check out the rest of the podcast. But you can go and watch training camp at this current moment uh, for now. So we'll see. You know, if if we do get an NFL season. Um, obviously I can't sit here and just say that we are going to get one outright because I don't know, you know, and this pandemic has changed so quickly. Uh, so, you know, right now training camp, let's just take it a step at a time, take it a step at a time and enjoy what we can. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Heading into our amazing Seattle Mariners. Uh, game week recap for it here. Monday versus the Texas Rangers, they won 10-2. Kyle Seager hit a grand slam. Kyle Lewis hit a three-run homer. Uh, and Dylan Moore homer. The team advanced to 7-11 and 11 at that point in time. On Tuesday versus the Rangers, they lost 4-2. to two. Not as uh, exciting as the last review result. Uh, Wednesday, they lost 7-4. to four. Uh, they were <laughs> The team gave up five runs in the eighth inning, which is not certainly ideal, especially if he if you're watching the game live there. Uh, Thursday, they got their day off after 20 games in a row playing. Uh, so certainly a well-deserved day off for the team there. On Friday versus Houston, they lost 11-1. to Houston scored nine in the first inning. Saturday versus Houston, lost 2-1. to Evan White homered, and the bullpen hang, uh, hung on after giving up two runs early. Uh, after the There were two runs given up earlier in the game. Uh, Evan White's homers, he has two of them at the moment, and both of them have been in Houston. So interesting to see that. And Sunday versus Houston, lost 3-2 to two on a walk-off home run. Uh, the team currently sits at 7-16 and 16 and will play Monday at the L.A. Dodgers with Justin Dunn getting the nod. The rest of the week, week pardon me, not week, uh, looks like Tuesday at L.A. Uh, they come back to play Wednesday and Thursday versus the Dodgers here at home. Uh, Friday through Saturday, I mean, pardon me, Friday through Sunday, they play the Texas Rangers at home as well. Uh, and something else to note, 
Outside of that, is the MLB may look into a bubble for the playoffs going forward uh, in the current pandemic situation. Obviously, like I've said before, a bubble would be, I feel like, really beneficiary. Pardon me. It would, it would help the league out a lot, and I feel like it could help out other sports too going forward. But with the way that things are in the NBA and the WNBA, you know, when you've got to limit a smaller amount of teams as compared to like 32 you know, it's it's a lot easier to have these guys in a bubble as compared to a whole league. Um, so you know, it's uh, having a bubble for the playoffs. I feel like would be the best situation that you could do for a playoffs. Uh, obviously, with St. Louis and Miami having their struggles with the pandemic earlier, and you know, making those mistakes, it, I feel like a bubble is what would need to happen for the playoffs just to be safe. Moving into our Seattle Storm news uh, in the game week recap, the they won on Monday versus the Chicago Sky, 89-71. Brianna scored, Stewart scored 25, uh, had seven assists and five rebounds. Sammy Whitcomb had 17 points and six assists off the bench. Wednesday versus the Atlanta Dream, the team won 100-63. Not certainly a uh, blood pumper in that game. Drew Lloyd had 20 points. Alicia Clark had 16 points and four assists. And Sammy Whitcomb had 20 points off of the bench. Friday versus the Dallas Wings, the team won 83-65. Brianna Stewart. 21 points, 6 rebounds. Alicia Clark had 15 points, 7 rebounds. And Drew Lloyd had 12 points and 6 rebounds. Sunday versus the Phoenix Sun, the team won 95-72. to Brianna Stewart had 19 points, 5 rebounds. Sue Bird had 13 points. Uh, Natasha Howard had 12 points, 11 rebounds. Certainly a good double-double there for Natasha. Sammy Whitcomb had 14 points off the bench there. The team is currently sitting at 10-1 and and first in the Western Conference. Uh, sort of taking a step here to acknowledge something. This team, as I said, when when this team is healthy, this team is arguably the best team in the league. Uh, with only one loss happening and, uh, you know, with the way things are going with the scores, it's certainly impressive to see how this team's performing, uh, getting good contributions off the bench, and uh, especially from the younger players, from Eze Magabagor and, you know, getting the bench contributions from Sammy Whitcomb. This team has what it needs to make that deep playoff run but, you know, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. So it'll be, you know, good to see. This is this is a team with a lot of veterans and veterans that have made it to that championship level and have won at a championship level. So it'll be good to see. It'll be exciting to see how this team performs continuing to go forward uh, and what the playoffs will be like when that time comes. Short day today. Uh, not too much going on in the sports world outside of those teams that I've mentioned, uh, and especially not for college foot college sports for a while as the Pac-12 announced that all sports competitions have been postponed through the calendar year. Uh, basketball has been pushed back to January 2021 and football moved to spring and all winter championships have been canceled um, as mentioned as announced by the NCAA. So, you know, kind of a short week. Well, kind of a short day in the podcast night. I know some people might prefer the short, shorter episodes, but, um, not as much news to report. Nothing really on the Kraken. Uh, they're just kind of doing staff hires at this point in time. The Dragons, there hasn't been much news since uh, The Rock and his group purchased the XFL. Um, I wish I could report Sonic's news. That would be... When I can report Sonic's news, it'll be a dream come true. But uh, other than that, yep. I mean, that's the week. I'm here to provide you with week-by-week... Uh, recaps, a little bit of analysis going here forward. 
and the occasional interviewer too. So if you made it to this point in time, thank you. Uh, I want to shout out a few guys. I want to shout out my friend uh, Omari. I know that he's uh, talked to me about in the uh, in the past about the podcast, and uh, might have to get him on here for an episode. As well, my friend John Meisel. I know that he mentioned uh, being the guy who watched it too. As well as my friend uh, Wayne Johnson, who's a year ahead of me. Uh, just want to shout out my O'Day brothers there. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, have a great rest of your day, and go Seattle.